Do you want to know more about the conditions of these folks that I talked to in the Amazon and whatnot? North KPCA, LP, Petaluma, California. Hi, this is Ed Perlstein, host of the Live Archive Show. You are listening to Free Range Radio, KPCA-FM 103.3 in Petaluma, California. Guess what I'm tired of? A year of canceling, rescheduling, and having to say no? Exactly. I'm ready to say yes to being together again. I'm ready to say yes to date night with my partner. I'm ready to say yes to backyard barbecues with our family and friends. So, does that mean you'll get the vaccine when you're eligible? Yes, I will. And I hope you do, too. So we can go to concerts like that one that was canceled last year. I can't wait till we can cheer on our favorite team in the bleachers and hug and smile without masks. Say yes to the vaccine for yourself, for your family and friends, for your neighbors and co-workers. The vaccine is safe. In fact, tens of thousands of people participate in the well-controlled clinical trials. The vaccine is trusted. An overwhelming share of doctors have opted for the shots, and it's free to everyone. To get the facts you're looking for, including who's eligible and where you can get your vaccine, go to socoemergency.org. Say yes to the vaccine when it's your turn so we can all say yes to being together again. I do want to say that um, what's happening in Ukraine um, is uh, really horrible. And I really feel as though when we're talking about nuclear um, energy, um, I wish NATO would come in and surround the plants in um, Ukraine. And for people that don't know, um, the Russian army was shooting at the largest nuclear plant, I believe, in all of Europe and maybe even the world. And there's about seven plants in Ukraine. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And I have to say, every day when Trump was elected president, I woke up every morning and all I wanted to see was sunlight because I was really fearful that uh, madmen can um, make really bad decisions. And I was grateful that that never happened. And I have to say, I do believe it was the military, um, heads of the military, that really averted a disaster like that for us. And so I think we should be really um, conscious of what's happening, um, and we do not want a World War III. And I, I am frightened. I must say. Yeah, it is frightening. Uh, yeah, the whole, really the whole situation is frightening. Yeah, it is. Um, and so I'd love to have somebody on from Ukraine to really talk. You know, with us, that would be great if we could yeah. find somebody. Well, I'm sure we could. I think we could too, and go a little bit more in depth in that conversation. But um, otherwise, I think um, let's go ahead and talk about something really positive today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like what? I think how about garbage and, and <laughs> composting. That was a good subject. <laughs> wow, that's, I'm feeling positive just thinking about it. <laughs> True. <laughs> so. Uh, all right. Well, then let's just go ahead and introduce our guests, okay? That would be great. All right. Today we have with us uh, 
two representatives from Recology. We have Lisa Moore and Celia Ferber. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Great. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Yes. <laughs> so, Recology, in case folks here in Petaluma aren't aware, Recology is our uh, disposal service uh, or garbage company, is in old terms. Right. Um, so, uh, there's been some changes that have been made uh, through legislation with regards to how we uh, put things into our cans. Is that right? Am I understanding that, Lisa? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, um, in the, as of uh, January of this year, January 1st, 2022, um, SB 1383 um, has been um, enacted, and so we are composting, which is very exciting. Um, we have been composting in the last four or five years since I've been with the company, um, but now all commercial um, accounts will be required to have compost, and um, residents can, we're just educating residents on food waste that can go into their compost carts, and uh, so exciting, exciting to get this uh, material out of the landfill. 30% um, of the landfill is organic material, so um, we're very excited about educating people on what they can put in their compost carts. Okay, so cart, I just wanted to say compost cart is your yard waste cart. Right. You're not just you're rebranding that as a, a compost cart because you can put your food waste and yard waste into that. And that's the green can. That's the green can. Mm -hmm. green can. And I just want to just talk quickly about SB 1383. And what it does, it establishes statewide targets to reduce the amount of organic waste um, in our uh, landfills. And I didn't realize 30%. Um, of the waste that goes in there is um, organic waste, and I guess it's 50% reduction by 2020, which is already passed, and 75% by 2025. And so I appreciate letting us know that 30% right now is going into the landfill and why we, it's so important that this program move forward and looking forward to educating our audience on what we can do. So go ahead, Lisa. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. So, <laughs> um, just to let you know, SB 1383, so what I'm doing is we're educating. I'm going in um, a lot of commercial um, multifamily units. We're setting up composting for them. So a lot of big apartment buildings in Petaluma are getting compost. I'm doing a lot of education with all of the residents there. Um, restaurants, um, a lot of Petaluma is already set up. On composting, a lot of the shopping centers, um, every single one of the um, care homes that we have in Petaluma has compost. All the schools have compost. Um, I'm setting up food waste programs for every school in Petaluma, which is kind of a daunting task, but um, we're, we're getting there. And so it's just a lot of education going on. So um, it's basically food waste can now go into your green cart. So that's any meat, cheese, bones, any kind of food scrap, uh, napkins, pizza boxes, paper towel, uh, coffee grounds, tea bags can all go in to the compost, um, and any yard waste can go in. Lisa, when you're talking about paper towels, 
because I put my paper towels in, just starting to, in my um, composting bucket that's by my sink. So, mm-hmm. but they're white. They're not, um, they're bleached. So that's not a problem. Not a problem at all. Okay. No. Okay. Thank you. Okay. What, what about tissues? Tissues can go in also because when the compost facility takes the um, material, it runs at about, I want to say about a, over 130 degrees. So about three days of that, and it um, burns off all the pathogens from the compost. Okay. So, so you'll so that just um, takes care of that. So, are you saying that when like it goes into the compost cart, that it gets to 130 degrees? No. So we take it to a compost facility. They put it, um, they grind it, and they put it in long windrows. So then it's watered and um, heat is applied. And air, and so it it it's a kind of a fine thing of, of making compost. So it takes about sixty to ninety days to make compost. So in that process, they heat it up. They can't heat it up too much. They heat it up about three days to a hotter degree where it burns off all those pathogens, and then they bring it down because you need those good um, micro micro yes yeah. to. to to, to start to do their thing in there. And so they turn it and they, they water it, like I said, and, and, they, and they're on their big aerators. So, like I said, it takes about 60 to 90 days, and then they either screen it again or, um, you know, or then it becomes compost. Uh, what if, um, like, I have a home composter that we just got, you know, one that you turn, and so... Can I put paper towels in my home composter? Since okay, so basically it's the same process, except it gets hot and we're not cooling it down, but it would still break down. In home composters, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people ask me why you can take meat, cheese, and bones into our compost, but you can't do it at home. I would never put those kind of materials in my own compost. Right. Um, you know, just basically fruits, vegetables, you know, and, and leaves and probably some paper towels and, and coffee grounds. But you said our facility runs so hot, our, you know, Recology has a facility, but we also take to other facilities, other compost facilities, so that they can take those materials. But when you do it at home, you just have to make sure that you have enough brown and you have enough green material and you're turning it every day and making sure that those materials are all um, kind of equal in there. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. So what happens uh, when somebody places something into the compost can that doesn't belong in there? Is there a process like you do with recycle where you have to go through all the material, screen it? I don't know what you call it. So it does get screened. The worst thing to put into compost is glass. So okay. when a glass breaks in compost, you just can really never get that glass out. That just keeps breaking down over and over again. So that's really one of the worst contaminants. Um, they do screen the compost. We try to get as, as clean a compost as possible. Mm-hmm. We take it to facilities. That's where my come in, where I do all the education, is to make sure that people know what to put in. Um, probably that's the worst is glass. Okay. Everything right. else, you know, I mean, it, it, there is a screening process, but if it's too contaminated, then you, you really you can't go to the compost facility. But for the most part, it, all my compost in Petaluma, and I'm very proud of this. It's, it's pretty good. So, 
Everybody's kind of getting the program. We always like to pride ourselves of being ahead of the game <laughs> in Petaluma. <laughs> but I have a question on the food solid uh, soiled paper. Um, um, so is it up to a city to ban um, styrofoam and plastic um, for businesses for food takeout, specifically, is what I'm talking about? Well, Pebbleum has already done that. That's right. That's correct. So there's already an ordinance in place. And then with the single-use plastic, I think that's going to come back on the agenda. Um, most cities have taken the lead. Sebastopol already has um, an ordinance, to, I think one, two ordinances, uh, on, on um, styrofoam and single-use plastic. Um and what is happening, I think, is every city has been taking this on, but I think that the county is also, since every city is taking this on, the county is um, enacted ordinances also. Now, do you help um, with writing up ordinances? Um, do you review the ordinances before they go to the city council and have recommendations? Not you specifically, but does the, the Celia or who in the company would do that, or would it be you? So I can chime in. I can chime in on that. Um, yeah, oftentimes cities will will have, have us as the hauler review these types of ordinances. We're not directly involved as the hauler uh, for something like this, but obviously we support it. So usually they'll have us review it, and the city of Petaluma did have us review it in this case. Um, but it's actually, they work more closely with Zero Waste Sonoma. Zero Waste Sonoma is the enforcing body for, um, for most cities and, and the unincorporated county. Can you explain more about zero waste? Um, where, who's involved with that? Is that the county, or is that a, uh, a who? What who, what organization runs that? Zero Waste Sonoma is the solid waste agency for the whole county, and so they are. Um, they have a representative from each city and and okay. someone from the unincorporated county uh, on their board of directors. So. In a lot of cases, it's an elected official who, um, or or a city staff that's on this board of directors, and they're funded through the um, tip fees at the landfill. A portion of that helps to fund their agency. They're the ones that provide the household hazardous waste services countywide, um, and they do a lot of important zero waste work across the county, like developing these these plastic ordinances. Uh, making just making sure that these programs are accessible throughout all communities. Okay, and I also see that it's important for all the cities to have consistency um, with these ordinances. And do you find that they're all consistent? They are pretty consistent. You know, oftentimes the city will have, you know, sometimes they'll have their own nuances. Um, um, I think one of the cities, it was very important to include straws for an, as an example uh, in this ordinance, which is great. So, and then another city said, well, we should we should have PFAS included in this ordinance, polychlorinated. Um, I forget what the AS stands for at this moment, but um, PFAS is a common chemical that's found in to-go wear. And so I, I want to say it was the city of Sebastopol that, that added that to their ordinance first, and then other cities followed suit. So they're pretty consistent, but then um, sometimes there's these nuances. Okay. Appreciate that. So, so um, what is going to happen uh, after 2022 when... Um, 2025. 
I'm sorry. No. Well, after this year. Yes. This year this year is kind of a bye year, right? It's getting everybody in the practice of uh, following suit with what they're supposed to be doing. What happens after that? So there is... You mean in... Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry, Julie. Go ahead. I, did you, Cindy, re, did you mean in, uh, specifically relating to SB 1383? Well, it, it, are the garbage police going to write me a citation if I am putting compost in my gray can? So, um, <laughs> the, the law, um, it does require route auditing. And so, uh, we are the entity responsible for the route auditing in the city of Petaluma. And so, that's, that looks like, um, a, a random sampling of accounts. It's totally at random, um, where there'll be, you know, the loop will be flipped to see how those businesses and residents are doing with their compost program. If, if there's food waste found in the garbage bin, then they'll get a little oops tag. It's just meant to provide education. Uh-huh. Just stating, hey, we noticed food waste in your garbage cart. You know, this needs to go in your green cart, or you can compost it in your backyard. And it's, it's just for educational purposes, and then we do need to report on how our route audits went um, to the city as well as the state. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. We, we want to make sure that it's working. Yeah. 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 And, and while I, I have your the ear of Petaluma is I will be out doing route audits this year. So if you see um, me on working <laughs> with on an early morning, uh, I'll be in my recology gear. And so um, there's usually going to be two of us, and we go out early before the truck really starts to, to, to service all the, the carts. So I'll be doing that all year long. And it's actually that's really the, the fun part of our job, too, is to make sure that we can do some education for folks. As we look at the, the, the compost and recycling and, and, and say, you know, they're doing a great job. So, you know, even like a little great job tag on there. So, Yeah. And with, with uh, the same thing with commercial is I'm always auditing in, in Petaluma. I'm always flipping um, lids and, and looking for, you know, folks to either doing, you know, a great job or just need a little more education. Mm-hmm. But you have so many places that are just doing really great jobs. And you can look at our Facebook page. We try to highlight some of those businesses um, and, and really, you know, say they're doing, they're doing the right thing. Okay. Yeah, you know it's interesting. You know, going through your um, your your face or not your Facebook, but your web page. Web page. Um, there's a lot to learn. You know, because I'm looking at unacceptable compost materials, mm-hmm. and you know there's there's uh, quite a bit of them. But it makes sense from hearing what you're saying. You know, why aluminum foil would not go in there. Absolutely. But, so where would aluminum foil go? So you can boil up aluminum foil to about get basically like a softball size, mm-hmm. and that can go into your um, recycling cart. So that goes into the recycling, but it has to be clean. Uh, I don't think yeah, it's clean as clean as possible. Yeah. So we would like it as clean as possible. But if you use a little bit of schmaltz on there, I think if you boil it all up, I think it's okay. Well, I think at one time um, it was not everything had they had to be clean. But I thought that was lift a little bit because of the water you were using to actually clean up the jars. Clean and dry. 
I still, you know, okay. I we we've never really lifted the for the water. What I tell people is be cognizant of what you're putting in or what what kind of water you're doing. So at the end of the night, if I'm doing dishes and I have a sink full of cold dish water, I rinse my um, all my recycling in that. So that water's already been used. It's yeah. going to go down the drain anyway. So mm-hmm. I might as well just give it another go through with all my recycling. And that's the same with any kind of mayonnaise jars or, or peanut butter jars. You just put a little tiny bit of water in there, um, a little bit of soap, shake it, you know, and just leave it on your counter. And every time you come in, give it a good shake. By the end of the day or the end of the, the, the night, you're, you can put it into your recycling um, container. Okay. So I have a question because this, this one always throws me off. Greasy pizza boxes. So, you know, whenever I have a pizza box, I'm never really sure, you know, where that should go. But it obviously goes into your um, compost. compost. Yeah. yeah. So You just want to make sure that you take um, the little plastic um, thing bar- in the middle. You mean the Barbie toys? The Barbie toys. Yeah. The Barbie Barbie, Barbie tables. tables. <laughs> um, you want to make sure that that's just taken out. But if you have old pizza, that can go straight in. You can just throw that whole box into compost. Okay. Well, pretty much any cardboard can go into compost. Yeah. Is that correct? So you want to do dirty um, um, cardboard. So okay. good clean cardboard should really go into recycling. Okay. That's the first uh, best use of that product. And then if it's dirty, I always this is how I teach the kids in school. If you you know, if you're stepping on it or you're using it outside for something or, you know, like a newspaper on the table, you spill coffee all over it, that can all go into compost. But good, clean newspaper, good, clean cardboard, the first and best use of that would be to go into recycling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I seem to recall from your last visit that there's certain types of cardboard that cannot go into uh, recycle, and those are... It's like food containers with wax coating on them. Waxed um, and wax cardboard. Mm-hmm. So that's more for um, grocery stores. You use a lot of wax cardboard, right. and um, that has to actually go into garbage. It has. We all say it's waxed, but it's actually a little bit of plastic in there now. So those are plastic. So mm-hmm. even with the liners, where you have um, <laughs> that you go to a grocery store and it's got the shiny liner. A lot of folks think that's wax. It's actually a, a liner of, of plastic. So, yeah. so, you the garbage. so what about, you know, when you go into a grocery store, they'll still say, do you want plastic or paper? So the plastic that you get from the grocery store to put your groceries in to take home, that can go into where? So we don't take any kind of soft plastic in our recycling. So when I say soft plastic, I mean like Ziploc bags, um, grocery bags, anything you can ball up in your hand um, is not allowed. So any of that soft plastic. If you have a grocery store that takes that back, if it's clean and dry, you can bundle it all up into one bag and bring it to the grocery store. I would find out if your grocery store takes those or not. Yeah. But it does not, and we do not allow that in recycling parts. Mm-hmm. Is California ever going to get away from the plastic? Um, I think we are. I think, you know, when I go grocery shopping, I think reusable bags I are too. really becoming, like, 
almost everybody, when I go shopping, uses reusable bags. Mm-hmm. And I think with the pandemic, it's been such a hard thing. Not all this education of people to re- do reusables. And then we kind of stopped. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, this kind of hiatus of, you know, everything was takeout, everything was to go, everything was throw away. So I think hopefully in the next couple months, we're getting back on track where people can bring in their own cups again, people can do reusable bags. Um, I use paper bags sometimes just so that I can use them for my compost in my house. So um, a lot of times when I'm doing a big dinner, for my kids or something, I will have paper bags all over my kitchen. And I have potato peels in one, I have two, and then we just take them out and put them in our compost, our compost cart. So huh. I use paper bags quite a bit that way. So what about, um, you know, like I have, you know, I, I have containers, you know, to put compost in next mm-hmm. to my sink. But do you have containers that people can order, or do you drop them off if somebody requests one, or can people pick up those types of containers if they don't want to purchase one? You can go and get one up on um, Standish Avenue in the billing office. Okay. Um, we don't drop them off. We don't, um, we don't, we, we did during the pandemic, I should say, during some of the time we, we dropped those off, but you can go pick up one for your home up on um, Standish Avenue in our billing office. But mm-hmm. We tell people, you know, ours is pretty standard um, compost. I, I use mine every day. We you know, put coffee in, in in the morning. It's it's used. But if you want a nice, I mean, you know, some people have the million dollar kitchens or whatever, and right. they just want that that plastic compost. They sell them all over. They sell them at Freeman Brothers. They sell them at Target. They sell them online. You know, so you can kind of whatever one you want. I have people that use Tupperwares. You know, mm-hmm. I have people that, that use something in their freezer because they don't want it on their counter, so they put all their food waste in the freezer, and then once a week, they just put it into their compost cart. So however you want to, like, do it for you, um, as long as it goes into the compost cart with no plastic in, on it and no compostable bags. So I want to reiterate that, too, is I have a lot of folks that are, that are using compostable bags in the green carts. And so when I say cart, it can be... Can so some people think can we say cart in the industry so no compostable bags so you just use a paper bag I don't use a bag at all I just throw my material straight in from well, my what I started using um, you know because of the water shortage we were going back to because I have to say we're lax because it's winter time. Um, but when, you know, I fill up my bucket with water and it's the buckets that I got from the city of Petaluma and, you know, they're from the water department. And so I have one, you know, in each bathroom and then I have larger, um, containers for the shower because obviously the smaller buckets won't work. But so if people have those around, they're great buckets for recycling also. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Nice and easy and light and they're small. They fit, um, easy and under your sink and also they clean really well. Yeah. Afterwards, and so I appreciate that you said not to not to have um, put your compostable material in a plastic bag or those green plastic. Is that what so you're talking about? Bags. So there, yes. there, you know, everybody's spending a lot of money on these BPI compostable bags, and they're not allowed in any of the carts. So and, and why is that? We don't have a compost facility that um, allows 
those compost, any of the um, any of the compostable items. So we don't own a compost facility in Sonoma County, so we haul to either waste management in, in Novato or other facilities, and they don't allow compostable material. Okay. Well, just just to clarify, they don't allow compostable plastics. Yeah, they, right. they want compostable material. They don't want compostable plastic. Right. Like the, so, and that's because it doesn't break down in their time frame. They again, they have sixty to ninety days to get okay. those materials to break down. Okay. They don't break down in a timely manner, and they also um, they have additives in there that are not good for the compost. So it's not you know farmers don't really want to buy that compost. It doesn't add nutrients in, so that makes uh, sense, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so so, so we can't take them. Okay, so I use uh, the tall kitchen compostable trash bags, but I I can put that in my gray cart, correct? Sure. Sure. And, and what, what the, and why why are, are these companies getting away with it, calling it compostable? I mean, will it break down in the landfill? So this is the kind of the hybrid that we do here is um, we have a our, our commercial compost goes to Richmond and they allow compostable bags for commercial um, that have bins that dumpsters mm -hmm. um, the AKA dumpsters. So if you have a, a compost dumpster in Petaluma or Sonoma County, we allow compostable bags in that. We do not allow compostable bags in the carts because they go to a separate facility. Okay. I know this is sometimes really hard to explain okay. to folks, but think about it. if you have a, a bin, you can use a compostable bag. You have a cart, you cannot. So gotcha. um, okay. different, different, different places where they go. So right, and go ahead, so Cindy. To your to your question about. Um, how are these companies able to get away with calling these compostable plastics compostable? Um, I did want to say it can it can be frustrating, you know, because it's most compost facilities across the state, across the country, they're not able to take that material. So it's kind of it's false advertising, but it's really compelling for people. They think they're doing something good for the planet when they buy these 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 plastics that say they're compostable. It's very confusing for them. Um, to your question about does it break down in the landfill, the landfill is an, an anaerobic environment, so it doesn't have – things are compressed so tightly, there's no oxygen. That's, that's what it means by anaerobic. Mm -hmm. And really nothing's breaking down very quickly in an anaerobic environment. They've done studies where they've drilled down 50 years, and they know how far back they've gone because they can see newspaper clippings with dates. Right. And – just the fact that you can see a newspaper with a date, that means that newspaper didn't break down either. So wow. um, if you really were to compare a corn-based plastic bag to a petroleum-based plastic bag, the corn-based plastic bag will break down faster than the petroleum-based, but it's still not a, it's it's not it's still not worth it. It's still not accepted in the compost okay. program. Oh. So I'm just wasting my money when I buy those bags, basically. Yes, you are. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm telling you, all you have to do is not it works good. Yeah, it, I wish yeah. it was less confusing, but it's, it's you know, that's well, why it's, it's the education that has yeah. to happen. You might go in and do, like, a big multifamily unit or something because, you know, 
It is confusing. It's yeah. just a confusing yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you were talking about 60 to 90 days for it to break down, it's just that these other products don't break down in 60 to 90 days, and some of them have products in there that you don't want to use in composting. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's, it's basically all science-based, you know, with the anaerobes, the aerobes, and and how it actually works and breaks mm-hmm. down. But you know, exactly. you, you know, you always you always used to hear that oh, you found a hot dog in the, you know the the dumps and it's been there for twenty five years and it looks just like a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. I guess scary. Huh? It's very scary. Yeah, it really is. Huh? And uh, while we're on the topic of plastic bags, um, I remember from our last interview that uh, it was recommended that we don't bag our garbage, and I only put the, the bags in the tall kitchen cans for cleanliness reasons. I actually pour the garbage out into the can or the proper cart without the plastic bag, and I just replace the plastic bag when it starts to smell or whatever. Is that still stand true? We are not supposed to bag our garbage? You know, I, I think I use a paper bag. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's necessary to, if you got, you know, you have good, clean um, recycling going into your recycle cart, and then you have all your, your food waste going into your compost cart. You know, for me, uh, personally, I don't have a whole lot going into my garbage. Right, I don't either. So, you know, it's not a lot of liquid. It's not a lot of, of mess going in there. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm source separating really well in my home, really the only thing that should be going in the garbage is really maybe some soft plastic and some lids or, or things that I know that I can't recycle and are not compostable. So... For me, that's a waste of money mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. to use a plastic bag because and environmentally, that's going to be there for, for a very long time. Right. So, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I'm in that quandary. Go ahead. I, I just I completely agree. Obviously, you know that's all absolutely that's all correct and true. And but you know just just if people are like, but but is it against the law? Uh, it's not against the law. You right. can still put it in a plastic garbage bag and, and put it in your garbage container. But like Lisa said, you know, let's try and move away from plastics where we can. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, because I'm thinking about what I do at my house, and I have where the um, where the paper goes, you know, compostable. It's in a bag. I don't do not put a bag in that um, container. But I do for the garbage, but what I'm finding is my garbage is just not dirty like it used to be because right. I'm putting everything in the um, the food waste. And so this has been very helpful. That you kind of uh, eliminated a problem that I wasn't sure what to do about. Right. Thank you. And it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. You know, I yeah. mean, how many plastic bags do you buy? Who will buy the big, huge thing, you know, at the grocery store? Yeah. And that's something you can just eliminate. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, once a month, wash out your garbage cans or wash it out every right. week. Right. And it, as, as you can tell when I say once a month, <laughs> we don't do it every week. Yeah. Yeah. And use it with one of your buckets of used water. Uh, oh, that's true, too. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll have this down sooner than later. Yeah. Huh? I want to back up on, on a comment that uh, Lisa made about putting lids in the garbage can. Does that mean when I have opened and uh, cleaned out my uh, pasta sauce jar, the wood does not go back on the jar, it goes in the garbage? 
It does. I'm talking about maybe lids that are, are don't go back. They say um, a yogurt cup. Gotcha. That has like a, um, Those a foil type thing. The, the foil. Yeah. That's just really hard to recycle. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess you could clean it off and put it onto your um, aluminum foil if you wanted to. Yeah. But some of those things are just really hard to, to recycle. So, um, huh. and they're just too small. We have a three-inch screen, and so um, that's kind of the, the, the standard there. If it's, if it's um, three inches or, or less, then it's just hard to recycle. That's why we say put the lids back on. So it's more likely that that lid is going to be recycled if it's kept on, and then it keeps all your recycling clean and dry. Okay. Huh. But sometimes you just don't have, you just, the lid is, like I said, a, a little yogurt yeah. lid that just won't go back on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what about the um, no plywood, press board, painted, stained, or treated wood under wood? So where would we put that? So, um, Zero Waste Sonoma is actually doing some, um, that's toxic, has right. arsenic in it. Yes. Um, some of that, that pressure treated wood. So, Zero Waste Sonoma actually has been doing some, um, kind of roundups for that. And so you can go onto their website and see, um, he's taking that for a while. No, um, Landfill was taking that. So it was very difficult to um, find a place that would take it. So um, Zero Waste Sonoma has stepped up, and they are doing, like I said, like we do e-waste roundups and hazardous waste roundups. They are doing some events to take pressure-treated wood. So when you're talking about Zero Waste Sonoma, is that the dump when you're driving to Sonoma is what you're talking about? Zero Waste Sonoma is what Celia was talking about is um, the JPA. and right. the Yeah. And so Zero Waste Sonoma has Leslie Lou Cash, who is the head of Zero Waste Sonoma, the director. And um, they organize these events throughout um, Sonoma County. So every so often you'll see in Petaluma at Lucchese, they'll have an e-waste event. Yeah. Okay. Or they'll have it, uh, a, a hazardous waste event there where you can sign up for it, the hazardous waste event. I think those are the most powerful things you can do is those hazardous waste events because to keep that out of the landfill. And you can make an appointment with them, and they'll give you, you know, like 10.05. You pull up, you sign a form, and then they take the material. And they give you all the criteria of what you can bring and what you can't bring and how much you can bring. So you're talking so, like paints, you're talking about poisons, but you were also talking about pressure-treated wood, which has the arsenic, so there's... Yeah, and the pressure-treated wood really doesn't go into that category. They do separate ones for pressure-treated wood because that's kind of a whole thing in its own. But this is more batteries, um, light bulbs, you know, things like that that you can bring. Old medication. Actually, medication you can bring to um, the police department. Mm -hmm. Right. They have a, so you put it in a Ziploc bag, and all the medication you can bring, like, if you're, like, we just cleaned my mom's house last year. There's a lot of medication. I was just going to say, my dad, it was like a, ba a bag. Exactly. And my brother was looking out. 
Yeah, like I was crazy, but I used to have this big Ziploc bag, and I'm pouring it all in. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just took it to the police department, and they have a little thing you drop it off. Yeah, so. they do take it. And no questions asked, too. Like, right. people are kind of freaked out a little bit about the whole bringing, you know. A bag of drugs. Yeah, just, you know, yeah. just yeah. How, that, yeah. how that rolls. Yeah. And, and they, you know, you can just go in, it's a Ziploc bag, and you just drop it in. And if you have dogs and cats that have passed away and they have a lot of medication, you yeah. can do the same thing. Yeah. Um, so just I, an easy fix for that. Yeah. I've, I've taken mine up to the Meacham Road uh, site when I take my batteries and whatnot up there. They take medication also. Oh, they do. Yeah. yeah. I, but I, you I, don't put it in your cans. That's one thing you're not supposed to do. Yeah. Put it or flush it down the toilet. Or flush it oh, down the yeah. toilet. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm... Um, I, I'm just um, intrigued looking at this list. Not that um, I didn't get one in the mail, because I know that I did. But, you know, so many of us get, you know, material in the mail, and we're doing our part. But really reviewing this list and hearing this um, just emphasizes that I know that we're going, I'm going in the right direction in my household. And I can really see where I'm actually um, doing better than I thought. And I can really see where I can improve, and it's not going to take me as long as it did the last time you were on, you know, preparing <laughs> for this. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I mean, even that's, this is where I'm at is, like, where I put my garbage, it's really clean garbage because I'm separating everything out. Yeah. So I almost have two recycling um, bins instead of a garbage and recycling. Yeah. And so I hope Yeah, that, I yeah. think um, we're really moving towards, you know, having, like you said, with the compost program really being robust now, your folks are going to see that, um, you know, they have maybe half the garbage they did. Well, and then, um, speaking of that, what size, I mean, I have, I don't have the smallest can. I think I have the one above that. So what sizes? And do you encourage people to reduce the size of their cans if you're finding that maybe they have less garbage? You know, I'm encouraging folks to um, do like a six-week audit of themselves. Okay. So, and not during the holidays, because that's always you're going to have more garbage. You're just going to have more, you know, everything during the holidays. But I would say take a six-week um, kind of like ordinary time, and just kind of monitor every time you put bring your your carts out. How much is in the garbage? Are you only filling that halfway up? Are you using your recycle to the best of a thing? Are you putting all your food waste in? And then after six weeks, if you see that your garbage is really maybe half of what it was, then I would redo your services for a customer service. But I wouldn't do it right off the bat. I would say just audit yourself and make sure that you're putting all the material that is on our website and on our newsletters into the correct parts and yeah, I've had, I mean, we're, we're, we have the smallest one. person. I don't have any kids in my house anymore. Same here. We have the smallest one here, and, um, you know, and then that's barely even full. I mean, it's just one bag a week. Well, that's mm-hmm. what we're kind of finding. And just by this conversation, I'm really rethinking, you know, what we do at home. And I think we're doing a pretty good job. But, of course, there's room for improvement, but um, there's times when, we only have one bag a week that's going into our garbage. And 
you know, sometimes we don't even put the garbage out in front, but we put the recycling and the composting out. It seems like those are definitely fuller. Um, I just encourage everyone to put their garbage out once a week. Mm -hmm. Um, I may not always put my recycling out, but put your garbage out because that's one of the things that, um, you know, garbage needs to be picked up once a week. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, we have very clean garbage, so. But we appreciate that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's excellent. That's we want yeah. we want people to feel inspired by by you and, yeah. and see you know audit themselves. Like Lisa said, you know, see where they can. It's fascinating when you actually audit yourself. Yeah. You might realize like, oh, I get a lot of takeout and they always give me these utensils and I don't need these utensils and I'm just throwing them away. Yeah, um, and exactly. you can, you, that's an easy thing to yeah. just say, hey, I don't need the utensils. I'm good. Yeah. So I just want to ask you a um, question on the commercials because when you're talking about commercial, you're always talking about multifamily units. But what about restaurants? So are they set up the same as a commercial for multifamily homes? You know, it, it's kind of like every account is different. So if it's a small restaurant, maybe they, they just need a cart. If it's a bigger restaurant, um, maybe they need a, a bin that runs a couple times a week. It really depends on the restaurant, the volume of food waste. One of the great things about having compost is, especially with the restaurant, is they can see their food waste, especially for the back of the kitchen. And if you're going through, you know, so many crates of lettuce and it's all going into compost, maybe you rethink how much you're going to be ordering that week. Um, and that's even for your home. If you're doing composting really well and you're seeing, hey, I'm throwing away a lot of my stuff in my fridge every week because I'm just not going through it. Maybe you rethink what you buy. You know, you don't buy the volume that you used to. Right. I know, like, all of us have had multiple, for me, I had lots of kids at my house. I had to rethink of my shopping so that I don't buy the volume anymore. I buy very little in what we eat during that week. So it's all different, you know. Um, care facilities, you know, they're they're a captured audience. There are three meals a day, and snacks. So that's a whole different, you know, education there. Um, schools, you know, you have kids eating now. They have breakfast and lunch provided at school for free. And so that's been a challenge because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of food waste going on. And so um, I'm working with some principals that were trying to really address some of the food waste in that system. Um, there's just been a lot of controls with COVID and, you know, there used to be share tables, there used to be a lot of different things at schools and that's all kind of been curtailed over the last couple of years. So do you send this information to school boards to actually make policies on this? I, I don't, but I encourage principals when I'm out doing outreach um, because I see the volume of, of food waste and they see it too. The, the principals that are very involved in their schools and see, you know, a lot of them work the line and I call it the, the food line, you know, uh -huh. where you're doing during juice and milk, you know, um, recycling, garbage, compost. They see what's going in there. And so, um, you know, I think those things are going to change in the next couple of years, too. That hopefully that'll go up to the chain. But 
right now I'm just working on site and trying to, to figure out, you know, just to have, if you don't need it, maybe don't take it or bring it home. Like if you don't want that orange, maybe put it in your backpack and bring it home. Right. Those kind of things instead of just throwing it away or throwing it in the compost. It's fine to throw it in the compost, but if it's a good orange, maybe, maybe put it in your backpack. Right. Right. Those little subtle things when I do presentations, like I usually pick things out of the compost or I pick things out of the garbage and go, hey, this is a cereal that hasn't even been opened. So you could probably just take that home, you know, if you don't want it right now and yeah. have it for your breakfast tomorrow. So, yeah. you know, kids are kids. Right. So. But usually the kids are the ones that you can educate and then they bring it home to their families also. So they're actually getting educated within the school system. And, um, and and then they can come home and they can bring that to the home. But I do want to give a shout out for the free lunches because I think it's um, way overdue that um, schools provided that. Because, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so many I kids would make go, sure that, yeah. that kids yeah. are, when you take free lunch, that's great. If you're, you know, there's a lot of food insecurity. I see it in the schools, yeah. you know, I'm there a lot. And I think it's a, a great program. I just want to make sure that um, some of that material, some of the good food gets, you know, like I said, taken home. Well, um, no, I, I appreciate um, what you're talking about. Um, it's, you know, it, it's kind of symbiotic. It works together. But it is definitely an educational system. Um, mm-hmm. And so are you the only one who be, that really goes from school to school, from place to place? in education, or is there more than one of you? I'm the only one in Petaluma. Okay. But I do have a couple of folks that I bring in for, that are Spanish-speaking. We have just going to ask that. I have one person um, on our team that speaks Spanish, which is wonderful. I've, I've done a couple um, Spanish-speaking churches. So I've done presentations, and I've done it in English, and I've done it in Spanish. If I need um, for her to come and do a presentation for me where... You know, um, most of the, the folks are, are Spanish-speaking, you know. We just kind of, we, we work together. Other than that, um, you know, if it's a, if I need to pull in folks from our team, I, I do. But Pedlum is usually just my territory. And every day, you know, I'm down there hitting the streets. And um, and we're making a difference. We're really making a difference in diversion in Petaluma. So I'm, I'm really proud of all the work that I, I've gotten in, in recology. You know, it's just uh, it's been a great, great thing to see them when I walk into a place and they're doing such a great job on their composting. And I just, you know, I beam because it's because I, I know that's not going into a landfill. That's important. I, I just wanted um, not to harp on the commercial, but I just have a, one more question with multifamilies. If somebody moves out, will the uh, landlord or whoever um, oversees the facility, do they contact you to let you know so you could actually talk directly to the new tenants? Um, or are they given material, you know, like what I'm reading on the, um, the website? So they're given material. So I try to, um, especially, I have a lot of huge apartment buildings in Petaluma, you know, 400 plus. And so door hangers, you know, I give material, I I PDF, they have all of our posters. 
Um, I'm constantly in contact with a lot of the property managers in, in that I've known for years now. And so when somebody moves out and their new packet um, gets one of our door hangers, gets some of our material, they go over um, what's recyclable and, you know, now what's compostable. So a lot of the property managers know the routine. And a lot of these places now have trash service. So um, I'm working with uh, Valley Living that actually mm -hmm. picks your recycling and your and your garbage up at your door. So wow. um, they're going to be picking up compost now. So I'm working with probably five huge apartment buildings in Petaluma where we're going to incorporate compost into that. And uh, so they'll be picking up all three um, at the doorstep. I, I'm really glad to have this conversation yeah. today. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of education behind it. And what a difference from the last time you were here. I mean, we learned so much then, but yeah. really things have really moved forward. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I want to thank you for your yeah. for your work on this. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It's a big that. deal. Yeah, and, and, you know, for those folks out there that, that think that it's too hard to learn all of this, it's not too hard. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, I think, was the first time I actually opened up the um, pamphlet? the pamphlets yeah. that you sent out and, and the charts telling what goes in each bin. But what I did was I taped that to the inside of my kitchen cabinet. And so then when I didn't know, I would open the cabinet, and it's, the answer is right there. And I do that with it's recipes, not that but hard. I think that's an excellent yeah, idea. Yeah, it's not that hard. And then once you get the hang of it, it it's so simple. It's so simple. And folks can always go on our website. You know, people are online a lot, and so we have great tools on our website called What a Bin. You can just type in, like, coffee cup, and you can say where it goes. It'll yeah. show what part it goes into. Those are great tools. Um I say, you know, everybody's online, maybe a little light reading at night to go into your, your you know, Recology Snowman and just look underneath Petaluma, look underneath what, what um, Volcanum pickups are, where, where the holidays are, um, you know, just questions that way that everybody has around Christmas time, New Year's, you know, when do I put my card out, um, it, what, 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 like I said, how many bulky items can I do per year? Things are always changing, so I always say just go online, take a quick look, and then you know you can be educated on the, what your you know what your ecology Sonoma Marin is uh, doing in your jurisdiction. Okay, well, we have and we have an easy um, we have an easy shortcut for that too. Recology.com/petaluma. All everything oh. you want to know about your services in Petaluma. Yeah, Recology.com/petaluma. And then um, Lisa was mentioning the What Bin search tool. That's recology.com slash RSM What Bin. And that's just like, you know, where do my napkins go? Just type yeah. in napkins. It'll tell you. Compost. Even we yeah. could put that on our website. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I can remember. Let's we'll see. Yeah, I like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we got just a couple of minutes left. Uh, Lisa, Celia, is there anything that you want to stress before we let you go? I I wanted to, to just provide a little bit more background on this state law, SB 1383. Mm -hmm. um, it, was, it, it was approved by uh, the California legislation back in 2016, and the long-winded name is, is uh, Senate, Bill, uh, Senate Bill 1383, Short-Lived Climate Pollutants. 
And so methane gas is an example of a short-lived climate pollutant. It lives in the atmosphere for a short period of time, but it's very potent in that period of time. And it's, it's a big uh, cause for climate change. And so uh, California legislation decided that, we, you know, this, if we can get organics out of the landfill, then we're going to prevent this methane from getting into the atmosphere. And so that's why they set these really um, large targets, these groundbreaking targets of a 75% reduction of organic material going to the landfill by 2025. It's to prevent methane from coming out of the landfill. Gotcha. Um, and then the other, the other benefit is that when we get that material out of the landfill and we compost it, and farmers apply that compost onto their soil, it actually sequesters carbon dioxide, which is another greenhouse gas. It sequesters that from the atmosphere, and, it, and the soil is able to soak up that carbon. And that's so powerful because that actually makes the soil more um, drought tolerant. It's more nutritious, so the crops grow better. Um, and it's taking that carbon, again, out of the atmosphere. So that's, again, combating climate change. So it's one of the best things you can do. I mean, we're having, we're in a climate crisis. We have these, these huge fires in our state every year. Um, and we have these droughts. And so one of the best things we can do to be more resilient is compost. Okay. Great. That well, was a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. And uh, we are out of time, so I want to thank Lisa Moore and Celia Ferber from Recology for joining us today. Um, do come back again uh, and keep us informed. Yes, thanks for having us. appreciate okay. it. All right. Take thank care. Thank you so much. Uh -huh. appreciate this. Thank you. All right. All right. So, Janice, um, I think you said you had something you wanted to announce, and we have oh, like to announce. minutes. Um, oh, my goodness. Nothing really to announce. Well, actually, I just wanted to talk about um, there was a discussion on the fairgrounds. And it but was, where was this discussion? It was at the Petaluma City Council meeting last Monday. Okay. And they are going to be doing um, a process, um, I believe it's called Democracy First, is a group out of Portland, Oregon, that's going to be facilitating it. And it really seems like an excellent way of bringing the community in. I had a lot of red flags and a lot of concerns going into listening to this meeting. And by the time I heard the presentation and then the council um, comments and questions, I really feel like this uh, process is actually going to bring in a variety of people in our community. It's not just the usual people that get on committees or that are interested. Mm -hmm. And I really have a lot of hope for this, and I thought it was very positive, and I think people should, um, you know, engage with it and, you know, try and, you know, try and apply. So, you know, you, it's a lottery system. So you may get on, you may not get on, but it, if you don't get on, it doesn't mean that your um, points and comments will not be heard. How, how many people are they going to put you on You know, I am I really can't get into that because there's different segments that they're going to start with, and there's different um, um, different areas where, where people will be more engaged with, um, and, it's, and I'm not explaining it well okay. by any means, but... Well, we'll give you another week to think about it, and you can explain it well, next I'll, week I'll, because we're out of time. I will educate myself. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's always been fun, Cindy. Yeah, it's always fun, isn't it? Uh-huh. So you've been listening to Inside Petaluma here on KPCA 103.3 FM, and uh, please uh, do come back and join us again next week. We're here every Friday from 11 to noon. I'm looking for my list. 
So next week we're going to get an update on what's going on at Petaluma Valley Hospital and the workforce there. So, um, uh, if you want to hear any of our past shows, go to InsidePetaluma.com where you can find all the shows that we have broadcast in the last, I think it's three years now. It's been three years. Wow. Anyway, we will be back next week. So, um, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. We'll I see you next week and let's hope the lights stay on. Yeah, the lights will stay on. <laughs> all right. Everybody take care. Um, we'll be around. Bye. Bye.